When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. not the player, it's certainly not the transaction or even the mode of transaction. It's the mindset. It's the mindset that's the problem. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Lewin Diaz was claimed off waivers from the Marlins, and if that's not enough to get you to turn this episode off, well, let's look at Mr. Diaz's stats in a little greater depth. For one thing, what leaps out is that he's 26 years old, and he's had one, two, three separate pokes of the head through the major league roof while in Miami. And in those three separate pokes of the roof, totaling 112 games, what he's achieved is a 169 batting average, a 224 on base percentage, a 288 slugging, five home runs, 11 RBIs. This is someone who can't hit. This is someone who can't hit at the top level at age 26. Now, if you want, I could go into some dissertation about all the defensive data that seems to illustrate he's one of, if not the best defensive first baseman anywhere. And I can also tell you that for the most part, I really don't care, at least not until after the fact, how good of a defensive first baseman I've got. It's it's about the bat. And on top of that, it's about the big bat. And... Even when you lay out, and I've done that a lot this offseason, not going to do it again today, the entire field, the entire lineup, I've done it from both formats, put them in the field, put them on the card, and you see that the single greatest need that this franchise has right now, if it were to take itself seriously as a contender, is a big bat at first base and so far they've had two responses to this single greatest need one to add g-man Choi after a really really tough finish to his 2022 season for the rays and now to add this player diaz who's never hit who doesn't have a slump to begin because he's never had a streak That tells you what you need to know about the approach being taken and about those taking the approach. Because what they're doing is they're taking low-cost, low-risk gambles, they're flinging them against the wall, and they're hoping 
That's what they do. You know how I know that? Because that's what they've done for three years to date, and this is no different. As I've been telling you now for months, 2023 will be no different when it comes to their approach to competing slash contending. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Choi himself is a decent defensive first baseman. So what they've done so far is they've added two defensive first basemen, neither of whom hit to save his life, at least not in the second half of 2022 and onward, and they're both left-handed. So you can't even cobble together like some sort of, I don't know what you call an offensive and defensive platoon, a platoon, but that that's what they're doing. They're not, they're not looking at the lists of players who are available. They're not considering offers from other teams as to first basemen who could be available at least not in terms of their actions. None of us can know what happens behind the scenes. What they're doing instead is lining up and throwing it against the wall. Nothing's changed. They can say it. They can preach it to that group of recently canceled season ticket holders the way they did at PNC Park, apparently, a couple of weeks ago. And they can say, we're absolutely da-da-da-da-da. We want to improve. We want to improve. No, they don't. No, they don't. At least not in any sort of aggressive, competitive spirit, they don't. I can't. You know what? I, I, I'm going to do it, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it again. But I promise not to do it again until at least December. But if you go around this diamond, even if you don't have a catcher at the very beginning of 2023, and I do expect Roberto Perez will be back, you've got... Some combination of Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez behind the plate. At second base, you've got, I believe, Rodolfo Castro. Maybe they don't. But Castro is a guy I think should get a shot at second base. If not, Nick Gonzalez is right behind him. O'Neill Cruz is your shortstop. Brian Hayes is your third baseman. Brian Reynolds is either your center fielder or he moves in the event that Jihuan Bay ends up becoming a real-life player. He certainly looked like he was one upon his recall late last season. Then you've got Jack Sawinski. So I, I've just named every position on the diamond. Doesn't mean they're all slam dunks, but there's something there at every single position. So what they've been reduced to is one position, at least among non-pitchers. One one and they can't even motivate themselves to go and get one good player outside of the Pittsburgh system. One. They won't do it. Why do you listen to this show when we come back, J1Q?
Today's J1Q comes from Carrie, who maybe is or is not still listening to this show. But Carrie apparently was listening to yesterday's and as a result sent this question about O'Neill Cruz's play at shortstop, asking, as far as Cruz's throwing errors go, how many of those throws would have been handled by a better fielding first baseman? The kid has way better range than Kevin Newman, so he, of course, would have more opportunities to make errors. Uh, As this kid gains experience, he has the opportunity to improve and clean up the fundamentals of his game. Uh, Kerry, I'm not willing to give... Cruise the benefit of the doubt as it relates to your original point, which was that some slick fielding first baseman would bail him out. It could help. I will admit that the one thing that I saw on Diaz's ledger that made my eyebrows go up was that he's 6'4". <laughs> so unlike Michael Chavis, who's somewhere between 5'10 and 5'11", he'll be able to get up off the ground and cover at least some of the high throws that come across. But realistically, if you go back over the misfires that Cruz had, they were big-time misfires. Uh, Out of his 17 errors, 10 were throwing errors. And out of those 10, I would estimate that probably – Six or seven of them were just moonshots. They just weren't going to get caught by anybody. And, you know, the solution for that isn't to go and slash your offensive production at first base. The solution is to work with O'Neill, especially, I think, on his footwork, although the Pirates deny this all the time, that there's something he's doing where he, he gets set and then he looks like he's dragging his right foot behind him. Do you know what I'm talking about? Can you picture that in your head? Where It looks like there's just something off. It looks like something that a really good defensive mind could correct. But most of it is probably mental. Most of it is probably just he's been able to get guys out his whole life without having to even try because he's got that gun. He can just flick it at any time in the equation and get the guy out. Now it's a little bit different. Obviously, he's at the top level. So would it help? Look, I don't mean to, you know, dunk all, dump all over the the concept of a first baseman being able to defend. Heaven knows that once we get into the games, we'll happily start picking apart when a first baseman messes up. Uh, We did that a lot this past season. I haven't forgotten Josh Van Meter not even bothering to put his foot on a bag. It's just that there has to be an understanding that there are certain positions on the diamond where you've got to get production out of. And within that, you got to get power production out of. If you look at the Pirates overall, you're not going to get a ton of power out of third base where you hope to get it, meaning Hayes, of course. You are going to get a lot of power out of shortstop where you're not expecting to get it. If you go with Castro, you're probably going to get a fair amount of power out of second base. So instead of just saying, hey, well, look, we can just absorb the loss and just put a guy who can't hit at first base because he can at least catch the ball. How about having a winning attitude, a competitive attitude, an approach to the whole thing where you say, we're going to get ourselves a really good first baseman. 
We're going to get ourselves somebody who can play the position and produce at a level that's expected out of that position. But they can't do that. And do you see, Carrie, how I've hijacked your question to just going right back to the opening segment again? That's how this goes. Uh, I want to thank you, Carrie, for this question. I want to thank everybody who listens to Daily Shot of Pirates. I do tease you for doing so on occasion, but it's very much appreciated and understood this out of the three podcasts that i do every day meaning the daily shots is the one that appears to have the steadiest and most loyal audience which only means that you're all equally culpable in this overall scenario which the team doesn't even really care all that much to contend Uh, Have yourselves a terrific Thanksgiving, and we'll be back with another Daily Shot on Friday. 